Morning. Thank you, band. This morning we're carrying on our series from the book of Ecclesiastes, and these are the wisdom books. These are the books written by Solomon, and they're the wisdom books, and they talk about life under the sun. This phrase just keeps coming up uh, in the book, life under the sun, and it means life on earth. It means trying, Solomon is trying to understand what life is all about what is the meaning of life sometimes it doesn't seem to make sense he says sometimes like the people that do wrong seem to prosper and the people that are trying to do good bad things happen to them doesn't seem to make sense when we look at it just on that level Um, but as we start to read into the book we understand that we need to bring God into the equation and and then some of these things start to make sense this morning we're going to be looking at chapter 8 and we're looking at wisdom in submission to government and God. Now, I was originally supposed to be speaking next week with a much more exciting title than this. And Beth wanted to swap with me and I, I ended up with this one. Anyway, I'm sure it's going to be good. We're just going to read a few verses at the start of Ecclesiastes 8 and it's headed up, Obey the King. Obey the King's command, I say because you took an oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since a king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing? Just going to stop there. So in the days of Solomon, the king had the authority that the government has today. So the king's word was law. And Solomon says, obey the king. Well, he wouldn't have said, don't obey the king, would he? He says, obey the king. It makes life easier for him. But also, I think there's this thing about if we don't obey authority, we just end up with chaos everybody doing their own thing so there is some real wisdom here in that if we obey the if we obey the king if we obey the government if we work within the laws and the parameters and the boundaries that are set for us that's actually a good thing Solomon was also a really wise man we know that he was a really smart man so he was speaking truth and he was speaking wisdom so it's good to follow that because if you don't, you're likely to get into problems and difficulties. As I was reading these verses, I thought, what did Jesus have to say about this? Because there's an incident in Matthew 22 where the Pharisees uh, come to Jesus and ask him a question. And it is about government. So Matthew 22 says this. The Pharisees say to Jesus, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They bought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's 
So here Jesus really clearly says there are governments, there are emperors at this time in authority. God has given them that authority and you should follow that authority. We're going to dig into that a little bit more. So this denarius, this coin that uh, Jesus asked them to give him, was what was used to pay the tax money at the time. It was made of silver. It had, uh, an, ins- it had an inscription on that said divine, and it had Caesar's head on it. And the Jews were trying to catch Jesus out because, because of this word divine written on it. They knew that that, that contradicted the second commandment, which was to have no other gods but me. And here's this coin that's saying Caesar is a god. So if he'd said, yeah, pay the tax, he would have been endorsing this idea that it was okay to have other gods, other idols. And he would be be rejecting the Second Amendment. So he says, what is Caesar's? Give back to Caesar. What belongs to that kingdom give back to that kingdom but there is another kingdom there is a higher kingdom there is a kingdom under the sun this phase that Solomon keeps talking about life on earth but there is another kingdom and Jesus is the king of that other kingdom when he's talking to Pilate he says this my kingdom is not of this world If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So as Christians, we are part of two kingdoms. We are part of this kingdom on earth, while we're on earth. But we're also part of another kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. So as Jesus says, if the government demands money from us in tax... We should pay it. The coins that were minted with Caesar's head on were made by him and were given back to him. Our souls were made or created by God and he stamped his image on our souls and our souls therefore belong to his kingdom. We've heard these verses a few times over the over the last few weeks from Ecclesiastes 3 where it says God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the heart of man yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has set eternity, stamped eternity into our souls and the things that relate to our souls relate to relate to him because we bear his image. There is actually something of the divine in us. It says in Genesis, let us make man in our own own image. That's why we need to respond to God. That's because he has imprinted something in our souls. There's a connection there. And we need to we need to respond to that. And we also need to treat people with dignity because everybody has got God's stamp on their soul. Everyone is precious. Everyone deserves to be treated with, with respect. We were created for more than life on, under the sun. We were created for more than just life on earth. But while we're here, we need to 
be good citizens of that kingdom. So we need to obey the laws. We need to pay our taxes, even if we don't agree where the money's spent. I mean, that's what, that's what Jesus said, give back to Caesar what's Caesar's. That's, Jesus was confirming that. We mustn't discriminate against people. And we need to be good neighbours who live in harmony with the people around us. We need to be good citizens of this life under the sun. But we also need to make sure we are good citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which is a much more important kingdom. Paul says in Romans, Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. God wants our heart, our mind, our body, our soul. He, he wants all of us to be committed to his kingdom. When, when Jesus walked on earth, he said, I'm proclaiming this new kingdom is coming. Not this temporary life on earth under the sun kingdom, but a new kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And I'm saying it's starting now and it's moving on. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So to live in God's kingdom, we need to understand what is the will of God. God's kingdom is an eternal kingdom, not a temporary under the sun kingdom. So we need to have an eternal perspective, not a short-term perspective. Katie spoke to us about that last week. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. It's really good and it'd be really worthwhile to listen to. God's kingdom is marked by grace and forgiveness, not by laws. We're really bad, actually, at keeping laws. We'd never make the grade if it was that. But God's kingdom is marked by grace and forgiveness. God's kingdom is about Jesus' love for us, not about us trying to be good enough to get in. Because we're never going to make the grade. We are offered salvation, the, a gift from God to us that we can accept or reject. I pray we would want to accept that and be part of God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is open to everyone. There is no discrimination in the kingdom of God. In Galatians, it says this, In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptised into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There is no discrimination in the kingdom. God says, whosoever, that's like an old churchy word, isn't it? It means everybody is welcome into the kingdom of God. Uh, in the book, The Shack, uh, Mac, the main character, is observing God in, in this book. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, recommend you read it. And he notices that God says, I'm particularly fond of that one. 
talking about one of us, one of his children. And then he hears God say, I'm particularly fond of that one. And he works out, God is actually particularly fond of all of us. That we're actually all his favourites. That no one is excluded, whatever your colour or gender or race, race, ethnicity, whether, you, whether you're clever or you don't think you're clever, nobody is excluded from the kingdom of God. Jesus says, everyone come and be part of this kingdom. So two kingdoms, this under the sun, life on earth kingdom and this kingdom of heaven. When we were uh, reading those verses, verse 3 at the very beginning said, Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. So what that's saying really is don't pick a fight with the government just for the sake of picking a fight. Some people like to argue, don't they? Some people like to have a fight. Solomon says don't, don't pick a fight about things that aren't important or actually they're bad causes. You may have to pick a fight. You may have to stand up for something that is wrong and that, that you should do. But don't pick a fight not for any good reason. When I was at primary school, um, the bridge between Dover and Lydon, the railway bridge, there were a number of fatalities there because the, the road was a slightly different shape back uh, when I was at primary school, which was 50 years ago, I'm now thinking. The road was a slightly different shape, and lorries used to come round the corner and literally be on the wrong side of the road. So somebody driving innocently in the opposite direction would be hit head-on by a lorry coming in the, in the other direction. And a number of people had died uh, there, and it seemed like no one was doing anything about it. And... I remember my mum and some other women from Temple Yule going, this, this isn't right. We need to do something about this. I remember going on my first protest march as a primary school person, walking up the road, blocking the road, and just saying something needs to happen. This is not right. People are dying, and we can, we, the government, the KCC, this can be sorted out. So it is okay to stand up for, for a good cause. When it's morally right, we need to stand up for things. And that is what, what we're, we're called to do because we need to understand that the kingdom of God is higher than the kingdom of this world. In Isaiah 55, it's, Isaiah says, and he's talking about God, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Who has the highest authority? God has the highest authority. His laws stand above any other laws. And it, if it comes to the point where our laws start contravening his laws, then we need to stand up. Then we need to say, this is not right. In Matthew 28, uh, the Great Commission, it says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. He's the creator of all things. He is the highest authority. And we may not understand sometimes his thoughts, his ways. 
we may not understand some sometimes things that are written in the Bible because we don't understand them. But we, what we do need to understand is that his ways, his thoughts are higher than ours. We are mere human beings. He is God. What then should we focus on? Should we focus on this kingdom under the sun, our life on earth? Or should we focus on the kingdom of heaven? which Jesus spoke about, a kingdom which lasts forever. In Joshua 24, Joshua says, As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I think they're brilliant verses. Brilliant verses to declare over our own households. So as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want to serve God's kingdom. I don't want to serve the kingdom of this world. Yeah, I want to be a good citizen. I want to do those things, but I want to follow God's kingdom. I want to be in God's kingdom. Solomon, as he's going through Ecclesiastes, says life is like a vapor. It's like a mist that is here and then it's just just gone. It's just disappeared. It's so fragile. And I just want us to understand that that life on earth is is fragile it is like a vapor it's like a mist that will just disappear but we have an eternal life to look forward to if we have a a connection with Jesus if if we have said sorry for the things that we have done wrong and admitted that we are just not good enough to be with God but have asked him into our life asked Jesus into our life then we can be part of that kingdom which is going to last forever and I would love it it, that you could also say as for me in my house we will serve the Lord